but it also exposes an underbelly of the cultural problems within the organization. The reason this is news is this doesn't happen every day and this doesn't normally happen in a typical organization. But here at NAR, the untypical is the typical. This is Byron Lazine and Nicole White, and you are tuned into episode 303 of The Real Word, and we have a special guest. Wait, word is up. Word is up, but yes. we have a guest up. We never have a guest on The Real Word, but... We have had. We have. But this but is a special one. We rarely do it. Let's go. And uh, special times call for special guests. We have Jason Heber, who started the National Association of Realtor Accountability Project, He's a real estate professional with Compass in New York and South Florida. Jason, welcome to the pod. Welcome. I feel very special being on today because I know you don't normally have guests. So I think you're, we have less in 303 episodes, we probably have less than 10 guests or just about 10 guests. I think guests. less than five. No, it's wow. been more than five, but it's really? right around, it's right around. It's not many. 10. It's a hand, handful of guests. So I'm glad you said yes, though. I'm sure everyone. Oh, is, I wouldn't turn this down. This I'm is, sure in the on. last 12 hours, your phone has probably been ringing off the hook. So, so it, was, it was, wait, can I tell you, let me tell you a funny story. Please. So, so yesterday morning, everything, it was like, I had everything under control. It was kind of like, it was looking like an easy Monday. Yeah. And I didn't have a call till like three o'clock. And I was like, oh, like. You know, I've got some time. This is great. And then all of a sudden I have, um, you know, I had to download all these apps over the last few months, all those private messaging apps. Yep. So now I, I have them all. So on, on one of them, I think it was on Signal. All of a sudden I get a ping from someone inside the building in Chicago at the headquarters saying, Tracy Casper has just resigned. And I'm like, what is going on? What I mean, but mean? that's real estate, Jason. I mean, I always say like Mondays and Fridays, like they could, they, they, they could be shit shows or they could be good, but... I mean, you had a day. You, never know. you had well, a day. It, in and this then, industry, it seems like anything can happen at any moment. Any Tra moment. Tracy Casper, president of National Association of Realtors, announced her resignation yesterday as of the recording of this, which is happening Tuesday uh, morning here on the East Coast. It was effective immediately. Uh, President-elect Kevin Sears step is now stepping into the role. This marks the third president in less than a five-month span. Jason, you you've been critical of the association um, starting with the, you know, sexual har harassment allegations um, that were uh, levied against the, the uh, president before Tracy. Um, you have a lot of different connections inside of NAR right now. You just referenced having a text message from inside the building. What's the feeling inside NAR right now? confusion, disappointment, frustration. And I think for a many employees, there, there's concern about, about job security going forward too. Um, it's, it's a tough time over there. Um, a lot of this is at their own, own making. I, I do want to say on the onset, what happened to Tracy Casper is terrible. If this is, you know, the allegation is, you know, she was blackmailed and she resigned over it. You know, we were advocating for her resignation, certainly not this way. And, and no one should should ever resign under these circumstances. And I hope that if this, this is an allegation, if it's, if it's proven out that person should be prosecuted to the fullest extent under the law, but it also exposes 
an underbelly of the cultural problems within the organization. The reason this is news is this doesn't happen every day and this doesn't normally happen in a typical organization. But here at NAR, the untypical is the typical. And unfortunately, it keeps showing this perpetual cycle where we have cultural problems that aren't fixed. We obviously know about the, the problems with the lawsuit and coming lawsuits. Um, and their, their problems going forward, seem, they seem to just compound and they're in this sort of spiral right now is the sort of the general sense in the, in the brokerage community. Since April, we have uploaded new and sought after courses, content, and tactical assets for your business into the BAMX platform, not articles behind a paywall that only pontificate to you what you should think and do, but education that actually shows you how to do what you need in today's market. Every day, we continue to add more content into BAMX and our private Facebook community, content that works, content that our members have exclusive access to daily. It's why over 1,500 of you and climbing have joined us in BAMX. It's also why tomorrow's price is guaranteed to be higher than today's. That's called inflation. Do not wait any longer. Use code REALWORD and join the thousands of agents taking their business to the next level today. Code REALWORD for 10% off. See you in BAM X. Yeah, Jason, you mentioned that Casper, he, she's put out that she was essentially blackmailed. Uh, just reading directly out of the article that we have posted on nowbam.com, Casper recently received a threat to reveal a personal non-financial matter from the past. At first, she refused and reported the threat to law enforcement, but ultimately, she felt it was best for the organization that she stepped down from her role as president. It's almost um, similar line from, you know, the Kenny uh, Purcell, where he said, you know, I want to do what's best for NAR when I'm resigning. Now, two totally different situations. He was accused of sexual harassment within the organization. It appears that Tracy Casper is being blackmailed. It lets the mind wander, though, of like what? I mean, like we, I mean, we were saying it? before the show, we're like this could be a limited series on on Netflix. I like, mean, this is like scandal. Does this come out? Whatever this thing <laughs> Obviously. is, obviously it'll I mean, come out. Poor thing. Well, yeah. I, I, I do know that like there there was they said there was a police report filed. So you know, with a Freedom of Information Act request, you know, a reporter or anyone could get a hold of the police report to see what the details are. But um, it there are a lot of rumors flying. I'm not going to repeat any of them because they're unsubstantiated. Of course. But uh, it's, it's of course, it's, it's, a, it's a bad look. It's another black eye uh, on, an or, on the but organization. I know. So I haven't heard any of the rumors. Okay? I haven't heard so of it, I, it just, I don't like rumors. It, well, it just yeah. makes you wonder what the heck would you give up your post if you believe in the greater cause to – you know, not well, tell the world about what, about, I don't know. Well, right. I mean, well, I'm assuming she's probably had the conversations now with her family. If it had, if it was personal, her, her husband and children must know something at this point. Cause yeah, but I, I will say, I think she's doing the right thing. I think there are enough targets on our backs right now that this would just add to it and distract even more okay. from what it is that we're arguing. You, you share that take Jason. You know, because we don't know what it is, it's really hard to say. Uh, I do think that under under this circumstance, though, um, I think it's terrible that she felt the need that it was Awful. in the best yeah. to resign. And um, 
and she's the victim here. Okay, so um, all right, so we'll agree that she's she's the victim on this situation. Now, I've seen a lot of Twitter X posts saying, "Hey, she was really doing a good job. She was a great communicator for the association." I don't feel that she communicated anything. We've we've done podcasts where it's like, "Hey, she's just saying words." So this is. Whatever has happened to her blackmail, I agree she's the victim. Now let's just go like right. on her body of work of the last I wonder you know, though, few months. Like I, I mean, I feel like I feel like we could probably pull up something from everyone's past. Of course. If this is if this is what yeah. we're but, if this is now what we're doing. <laughs> but just looking at her body of work. Yeah. Jason, do you feel like she was a great communicator going through no. these times? I mean, we were advocating for her to step aside. We thought she was too tied in with some of the existing power structures. Her her own employees sent a letter anonymously right. in Chicago asking for her to resign. That's right. So in our estimation, broadly speaking, she was part of the problem, not part of the solution for NAR going forward, which is why if you look back at our four point plan, which, which we've since we had a petition, which we've since closed because we've accomplished uh, now three of the four, she was, she was on the list of, of folks we thought should have stepped aside. We didn't get the NDAs done, but we're still going to continue the get-go that she was the wrong person at the wrong time to be the president of the association any information on the new president-elect uh who's stepping into the role effective immediately kevin sears yeah i mean so he, again the concern would be that he comes out of that same uh, nexus of existing power within the organization and um we had thought it'd be best if you bring in someone uh, who's outside of those power structures to be the president. And so, uh, you, you know, th that's all I, I can really say about, about him. I don't have anything. now been thrust into a very, 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 very difficult spot. And um, how they navigate through this, I, I don't, I don't know how they make it to be, to be perfectly honest. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see, I don't see where the light at the end of the tunnel is right now. Oh, there's a report that just came out. We covered it on now. Bam, uh, NAR reports the first annual decline in membership since 2012. This is a trend that many are betting will continue throughout the year. I personally think the cliff is probably more likely in 2025 than it will be here in 2024. And a cliff meaning a steep uh, drop in members, but they lost 17,489 members from November to December. That being the association ending the year with one uh, with over 1.55 million members, but 26,000 fewer than a year ago. Um, do you see this growing month over month this year, or are you in my camp where you where you think there's there's a little bit more that's got to play out, and there's probably a cliff coming end of the year or into next year on NAR membership? Yeah, we've been calling it the member cliff internally, and it's coming. So, and the reason it's coming is. This is nothing. This is just the start of what's going to be uh, maybe a tsunami and a loss of membership. And the reason that is, is first of all, in the settlements, you have a decoupling that's going to occur from your, joining your local MLS and joining NAR. So the tie-in agreement. Yeah. So that's going to get, that's going to get decoupled. So by the way, that came from the NAR's con conference in 1972 where they changed the laws. It was, they had their convention in, in Honolulu. Before 1972, only the designated broker, the head of the brokerage had to be a member of NAR, but they changed that in 1972, 
requiring all members. So what happens? Membership goes like this. If you look right. at other trade associations, um, the American Medical Association, the Trial Lawyers Association, like 15 to 20% of the members of the doctors or lawyers are members of the association. Here, it's like 99 because yeah. they have no choice. And you guys, you guys have actually studied the, you looked at the surveys on this and you, you produced the data. The number one reason why people join NAR is? Yeah, for their MLS and lockbox access. We did a study with Thout, Bam and Thousand did a study on that. It was the well, numbers were overwhelming. But it's because they have to, they like they have to join. Eventually, that's a recipe for disaster because you're not making any value proposition for your for your members. So you have over a million agents who are basically saying, "I'm a member because I have to be. I need I need access to my lockbox, to my MLS," and that means you're not proving value to them. And so eventually, if there's a situation like this that arises, Nikia Wright, who is the you know, she's now the CEO taking over after Bob Goldberg stepped down. Um, she had some some pre-written, you know, quotes coming out of NAR Next. I haven't heard anything else from her. Um, so I didn't I didn't see maybe I missed it. I didn't see any comments from what happened yesterday. You have access people internally. Is she doing a good job, a job? Is she more of a you know, somebody that's just, there's like a holdover until they get somebody else. I like that she was from the outside in, although she had Chicago ties, she had media ties. I wanted to give her a fair shake. Um, it's been a few months now, a couple months anyways. I just haven't seen anything. Maybe she's working up to that moment, but what are you hearing about the new CEO? I hear, I hear she's, she's well-liked, but she is on the outside and the, this is such a, what's the word? The organs of this organization are so sprawling. Like it's such a behemoth that it's probably difficult for someone on the outside to come in and get a quick handle on it. Um, as a person, I hear very good things. You know, when we did our press conference in Chicago, we worked with a bunch of local elected officials. Some of them knew her and had really good things to say about her. Um, but right now there's like a, there's like a term when you're like on an airplane, like, before you, when you're in a crisis that you have to aviate before you navigate, meaning you got to keep the plane afloat in the air before you navigate it safely to the ground. And right now I feel like they're not in navigation mode. They're still in aviation mode. I mean, they have to keep the plane in the air and that's proving difficult because of these sort of tsunami of crises that they're facing. Now, do you get the sense that she's just not involved in any decision? Is that kind of what you're saying there? Is she, is she, no, no, she no, have no. The autonomy I, I, I to make decisions. That. I don't know, but like, what decision? What decision would be made right now? I mean, well, she could have removed. She could have removed. To your point on your NAR accountability projects four point plan, um, which three of the four have now been checked off. She could have decided to move, remove Tracy, you know, long before this, you know, blackmailing popped up. I I don't know if the CEO has that power in the way that. The, you know, the way they're structured in this organization, as, as you know, is so bizarre. The only organization I know that has over 900 board members, Apple has like nine, yeah. IBM has 12, <laughs> they have 1200. I mean, it's, and you know, it's so, you look at their 990 form, which I would encourage people to, to read. I know it sounds a little boring to read a, a tax return of a nonprofit, but you get a sense 
for just how sprawling this organization is. I would have liked what I was hoping was that she would have come out and say, Hey, let's end the era of silence and just release women, get women released from their NDAs, just get it all out there. And then sort of put this error of harassment behind them. Do, I don't do think you think she has the authority to your point? You what does NDAs. she have the authority to do? I mean, um, but of course that wasn't done. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, there, there, I'm sure there's some legal, uh, headaches that that would create if they were to do that. I'm sure people are afraid of that. And, uh, and I know some of what would come out and, it, you know, listen, it would probably be rough, but it's probably better for the organization. Just get it out there. Or yeah. Or a week later, there's 10 other lawsuits. Release it on a Friday. Right? You know, a week later, everyone moves <laughs> so, on with their so lives. Um, that, Line it up for a Tuesday. At least you could talk about it on a Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Get, it, get it on the real world. <laughs> Take a number. I mean, at this point. <laughs> uh, Jason, you've alluded to Never break bad some more news shoes to drop. You know that. In this early part of the year, do you want to um, give yep. us a preview of that? Well, what I would say is, if you look at just do the basic math, as you know, we're going to get a judgment in a few months. What is that judgment going to look like? Well, it could be five billion. It could be less. The issue is going to be really what's the bond that they're going to have to put up, right? Um, I've heard internally that they hope that the it's a low bond that allows them to keep operational and not tie up money. Um, the odds of that are, well, I don't know. I shouldn't say, I don't know what the odds are, but they're going to have to put up some sort of bond. It's probably going to be a significant amount of money. And what happens if that puts them in a financial crisis? You know, it's like, I used to think that the odds of bankruptcy were pretty low and Others have convinced me that they're more than reasonable. And I think like while they're, while they're messaging strength, don't forget, they told us that they were going to win the lawsuit. That's right. They were very confident of that. There was no plan B break glass. Hey, by the way, if we don't win, here's what our members need to know and need to do. The messaging was, we got this. Instead, the jury returned a verdict faster than a flight from Palm Beach to LaGuardia, two and a half hours. So they said, the old former CEO said they don't have a problem with sexual harassment. That was his quote, word for word in the, in the New York Times. Okay. So like their messaging has been disconnected from reality. But now we get into a, a really serious situation that affects everyone in the industry. Because if suddenly they're either financially crippled or insolvent, we as an industry suffer because we lose our federal voice, right? There, mm -hmm. there, are, lob there are lobbyists, there are advocates. So, so it does bring up questions of what we need to do as an industry and how prepared we should be going forward for potential alternatives and then what those may look like. Um, it's, it's just basic math, right? Like if you have to put up a bond of a billion dollars, do you have it? If you have to put up a bond of, of a significant amount of money, and I'm just spitballing the numbers, I don't know. Are you able to get insurance still going forward for your business? Um, what's your what's your liability exposure like going forward? You know, can the business not just survive but thrive? And those are the ongoing questions that we have to at least consider. Michael Ketchmark has stated he does not want to bankrupt anybody through this process. It's why the settlements 
you know, that were previously done with Anywhere and Remax, you know, were like, hey, did they get out, you know, on the cheap when you saw those numbers? Right. It was like, well, they don't have that much money to begin with. So they got what they could get through the settlement. So maybe at the end of the day, um, we don't, NAR doesn't face bankruptcy just to that point because Ketchmark, he wants to get paid. His uh, percentage on fees are much larger than any real estate agent in the country. Mm -hmm. he, he's about to do a, a debate on housing wire with um, a broker out of Massachusetts. And um, they've, they've had some back and forth, uh, this broker and Ketchmark through like email, like some video he put out saying something. To, they've had a little bit of spat back and forth. Do you think it's a good idea for a broker right now to debate Michael Ketchmark in a public forum, like webinar, you know, whatever uh, housing wire. I don't know anything about that, that broker, but I hope that he or she has expert debate skills and I don't see what the real benefit. I don't like the idea I mean, that you're going to score some sort of knockout punch um, and change the public perception. It, uh, I don't know. Yeah, he's a typical broker. He doesn't. He doesn't have like a legal background or anything like that. I mean, I'm not saying typical. You know, he he's pretty successful in in, in that sense. But um, yeah, he's not like an, an attorney or something. I, I'd be careful going going toe to toe with you know someone who's a litigator who's used to presenting to the in a public forum um i mean i have a lot of experience with that and i i, I wouldn't do a public debate with him on on this topic you think there'd be more to lose yeah, I, think than to gain? I think there's a downside and that downside would be that they could use that in future hearings no well no i just think in terms of shaping public narrative the last thing you'd want is to see a, a broker get schooled on this topic and then let that get into the public square and then, you know, people are more sympathetic to, to Mr. Ketchmark's position. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm with you on that, right? Because if you're going to play, you know, in somebody's arena where they do this all the yeah. time to your point, and this is where the resources should have been allocated to put a real professional up against Ketchmark. Right. Um, you know, not to say that the people that weren't, weren't professionals, but, but somebody that's on his level, heavyweight so to speak, right. yes, uh, that could compete with him and have all the information that as a real estate <laughs> community you want to articulate that that maybe you just can't do uh, the same way that, that Catchmark can. Yeah. Um, Jason, any, uh, any final thoughts of where we're heading here in the first quarter, first half of the year with all the uncertainty? What would be your advice to agents listening and they just don't know which way this thing is going to go for them over the next six months. What should they do, and what's your uh, what's your thoughts moving forward? Well, the reason that our group has been so active is so agents can focus on their business and just like they sign up with our email, they they get updates from us, and we're trying to be out here fighting as much as we can on the on the front lines for reform. I, I don't think that every agent should get drawn into this. I know how difficult it is to transact these days in these market conditions. I know that this just adds to sort of stress and all the changes that are here and even more so the changes that are coming. Um, but there's going to be a lot more to like, we're not done with this. There's going to be a lot more change ahead. There's going to be a lot more news. Um, I think that agents should stay focused on their business. And, um, and when, when there are right moments for them to engage in levels of activism um, to either you know, join us or join their, their manager, their, their brokerage, um, when, when, when we need to speak with a collective voice, 
Um, the, it's a challenging moment for the industry, but sometimes change is good. And, uh, you know, maybe this was overdue and maybe the net net of this will be something will come out of this that'll, uh, that'll help rival NAR and maybe, and um, maybe it'll be net net good for the industry at the end of the day. That's an open question. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, I, I, the biggest comparison I have in the last couple of years is what happened to the PGA when Live Golf came in. Mm-hmm. And always, um, always back to sports. Always back to sports yeah. for me. It's an Better easy analogy, succession. but <laughs> but it, you know, it, it was been very disruptive. It continues to disrupt, and there's a lot of good for the fans, right? right. And so our case you know, can this disruption create a lot of good for the consumers? Those are the fans uh, of what we do, the clients, the consumers, the people that we well, work with. Well, and that's with. what we said from the very beginning when when Remax and all did settle. It was all about being transparent. So obviously, if that is what comes out of all this, great. I think kind of with the broker, though, too, it's, it's also making sure these agents know what they're talking about. Make sure people are educated enough because clients are asking. I mean, Absolutely. you and I are on listing appointments, and they're asking all the time, like, oh, now that there's a change in commission structure, what what do I pay you now? You Jason, know? have you heard the the question? Um, you know, people reading the journal or, or or the Times or something. What what questions have you heard, and how have you handled them? Yeah, so I'll hear I'll hear things like, "Oh, do I still do I still pay you, or how does this change everything?" Yeah. Um, no, I'm happy so to like, work for free. For free. I was like, no, don't don't pay me. It's fine. Yeah. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> you know. So no. So I mean, I we have we address everything smartly, and I think. And, and by the way, most of what I've done is I've put the information out there to my clients so they hear it from me instead of them coming to me and asking. So for all like my active listings or ones coming out, I say, listen, you're going to read about this. Let's go over it and let's just talk about what what changes and what your options are and what makes the most sense in this in t- in right now in this market. And you decide. And you're finding between the two markets that you work that most consumers still want the service of the agent and are willing to pay for that service? Oh, but here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. I I actually think that the amount of agents in the industry are going to drop a lot Um, because I think that they're going to be crowded out. I think, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe everyone's brothers, nephews, cousins, friends, roommates, sister shouldn't be a broker at the end of the day. And so I think maybe we get, um, lower agents, but higher quality agents, um, who are able to navigate through this. Maybe that's also good for the industry. I'm in agreement with you. And I just, um, I see that big cliff coming probably a little further out than most would expect because there's a lot of the, to, to what you said earlier, you got to break up those tying agreements. And I, and I think there's a lot of chipping away to do this year. Yeah. I mean, our renewal was due. I mean, we all, the whole state of Connecticut paid. Well, yeah. Well, the state of Connecticut, you had to. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you got a whole, I mean, it's a small They're state. Paid but you had to year. if yeah. you want MLS and all that stuff. Jason, thank you so much. Um, it was great to have and you. And for folks to still get involved with the accountability project, sign up for the emails, the best thing. Yes. You can go to agentsdemandchange.com or reach me on Instagram at Jason Haber. We also, some of our agents requested this. I wasn't active on Facebook uh, for a long time, but we do have a private Facebook group too, for those who, who prefer that method. And then for anyone who has sensitive information, you can also ping me and we have, we're on every sort of private messaging app. Uh, if you'd like to talk uh, more discreetly as well. Yeah. Jason's very active on Instagram as well as Twitter X. So 
definitely recommend following him and, and becoming a part of what's uh, what you're a part of building, which is the NAR Accountability Project. Appreciate everything you do. Appreciate you coming on today and sharing your insights on the recent news of Tracy Casper resigning, NAR membership dropping. There's obviously much more to come. It sounds it. We'll cover it every step. Of the way. You might be back. I mean, maybe it sounds like you're going to be maybe a, like a like a monthly uh, fill in for us. That's here. right. I uh, mean, you're taking over my job, Jason, <laughs> on, Jason on the real word today from South Florida. But next time I love it could be in New York. Jason, thank you so much. You got it, guys. Thank you. I'll see you soon. Keep it real.